Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the 2019 film Longshot. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, just be aware that we may discuss the plot and there may be spoilers. Enjoy. Say, can you say la 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 like? <laughs> and so proudly we say, Donald Trump has gone to fuck. <laughs> oh, say, can you see Donald Trump fucking off? He got in his chopper and will never be seen again. Cause he's banned from Twitter And everywhere else online He's an angry old man And we won't listen to him <laughs> Did you just did you just riff that? I did just riff that, yes. Very good, very good, I'm impressed um, Yeah, that's the official national anthem of today The day when Donald Trump gets to fuck Yeah and not not when he <laughs> gets to have sex. When he no, as in the phrase, why don't fuck. you get to fuck? Which has always struck yeah. me as an odd one. Sounds Scottish in origin, don't you think? It, it is Scottish in origin, yeah. I believe. Um, and um, yeah, he's gone. He's he's <laughs> gone now. He apparently left Joe Biden a note. I choose to believe that the note just read, "I hate you." <laughs> yeah, nice and plain and simple. No, no messing around. Just I hate you. And speaking of no messing around, Joe Biden has already <laughs> confirmed that he's like rolling back all of the crazy shit that Donald Trump tried to do right at the end of his presidency, um, which is wonderful. All of the spiteful, nasty little things he did at the end are all just going to get wiped away. And hopefully America will be a brighter place for the next four years. Yeah, there's a lot of work to be done, but the whole executive order thing... It's totally wild as a thing that a president can do that. But, like, yeah, the fact that he's just going to go, yeah, let's reverse that, let's reverse that, none of that, thank you. Let's get rid of the Muslim ban, because that was racist and stuff. So, you know, a good first day. I'll give him that. And and I think, I mean, we live in Britain, and in Britain we should not be criticising other countries for their political systems. Where did they Um, get it from? I mean, uh, just for any American <laughs> listeners we have, this might sound strange for you, but we don't actually vote for the person who runs our country. Um, they get chosen based on effect. Effectively, we don't have a say in who runs our country directly. We vote for our local MP who then goes to sit in Parliament and whoever has the most MPs, then their leader gets to become prime minister and they set their cabinet. Yeah, um, and the so, majority of our votes are wasted because we have a first-past-the-post system. Yeah, yeah, it's completely screwed. It's a horrible system. Um, and I th- can I talk to you about what we should do yes, in please. politics in this country? First things first, um, 
just destroy it all, install a theocracy with me as the god emperor figurehead of the nation. <laughs> That's what we should do. Um, but if that fails, everyone now hates the House of Lords, right? All of the Brexiters hate the House of Lords because they held up Brexit. Yeah. Because they were like, hmm, this seems very undemocratic and a complete dis- destruction of our political system. Um, let's not do this now and let's put it through the proper channels, which the Brexiters hated at the time. So all of they, all, all of that group, they hate the House of Lords. People like us hate the House of Lords because it's incredibly undemocratic. It's a bunch of old people who now get to sit there. Who are not until, elected. Who are not elected. They get to sit there till they die. Some of them then get to then pass on their, their peership to their children. Yep. And um, some of them are called Lord Sugar and have never once dropped a hip-hop record. <laughs> which is the most heinous crime of them all. Um, and some of them have co- are called Andrew Lloyd Webber and fly in from New York to occasionally vote on cutting benefits to the poor and stuff. Yeah, Andrew Lloyd Webber, who we obviously hate, <laughs> the vile little gremlin that he is, <laughs> um, because he does. He, he, he lives somewhere very rich and fancy, and he gets to write creepy songs about love. And then every so often he'll fly in. Every every one percent of the time that, that the House of Lords is is in in session, he'll fly in and he'll be like, mm, "I decided today I'm going to vote to fuck over the poor a little bit more." And he'll do that, and that's all he does. So scrap the House of Lords and move it up north somewhere. Have a little bit of geographical, um, you know, diversity from our for our nation. Mm-hmm. And instill there a purely proportional representation house that acts as the second house in our system. So we still have our local MP elected by first past the post, but then we also then have the second house, that second check and balance, which is based entirely around proportional representation of what the country thinks. Yeah. Well, you might actually get some MPs from the Green Party from all the hundreds of thousands of votes that they get. Well, yes, exactly. And, uh, you know, people do vote for UKIP a lot. And although it's yeah, very yeah. funny that UKIP has never had any real representation in the Houses of Parliament, um, it's a bit undemocratic that they haven't had that. Yes, that's a, that's a fair point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so have that second house, have that purely PR based. You still then keep first past the post for all of the idiots who think, oh, other political systems are too complicated. I like just going and ticking a name and i'm i can't think of how to do anything other than that look we now tried have... it we had a referendum on av audiovisual back in 2012 or whenever it was the people said no it's done um obviously in this podcast we like talking about soy boy beta cucks is there a bigger cuck move than the lib dems putting forward that <laughs> referendum destroying their entire reputation by siding with the heinous government that instilled austerity in this nation um and then failing to get any kind of electoral reform put through yeah are they um are we saying that they're the most cucked party in history <laughs> they are the most cucked anything in history if you look up cuck in the dictionary <laughs> it's just a picture of nick clegg <laughs> The now Facebook cuck, cucking oh his way yeah. through social media, pretending that Facebook's not evil. Nick Cuckerberg. <laughs> That's what they call him. No, Mark Cuckingberg is cucking Nick Clegg consistently. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> this has been a, an excellent start to this episode. I yeah, think. definitely. What I'd <laughs> so, like to see is the House of Gourds. So they keep the building, <laughs> but instead of all the people, they ship them all off to Manchester and force them to move up north. And then um, instead of, in all the seats, they just put like a massive like green pumpkin on each of them. <laughs> and then it becomes what? a sort of weird museum that you can go to. What about the House of Fjords? And it's just lovely pictures of Norwegian fjords. I would go there. I'd love to do like a cruise maybe, to the fjords someday. Maybe they change it. So each day of the week, it's a different word that rhymes with Lord. Mm-hmm. So it's House of Gourds one day, House of Fjords. House of Boards. House of Boards, yep. Yeah. It becomes a skate, like a skate room. Comes, yeah, it comes a skate ring. You put in some little half pipes and stuff like yeah. that. Sponsored by the House of Vans. This could work. This could work. Um, House of Chords. Yep. Now, is that chords as in like a rope or as in like a musical chord? Oh, why not do both? One day is is chords of rope, really nice, fancy rope. And then the next day, it's it's just people. It's just Sonic Youth comes in and just plays all of their dissonance <laughs> for a full day. Um, yeah. yeah, this is happening, guys. Write to your MPs, demand electoral reform. Yep. Not to make it any better, just to make it more confusing. Yeah, more just weird. <laughs> yeah, we're already weird. We've already got Blackrod. We've already got oh, lizard God. people acting as our head of state. Um, fun fact for you, I went to go visit the Houses of Parliament and I noticed that behind the Queen's giant throne is where the cleaners keep their Henry the Hoover. <laughs> well, where else are you going to put it? There's not, exactly. It's an ancient it's out, building. There's not much out, room for all the modern it, stuff. Yeah, they don't have cupboards there, do they? It's nice and out of the way. You never see it on telly. It's just, yeah, I just poked my head around it when I went to visit. It's like, it's a Henry the Hoover back there. Of course it's a Henry. The surprisingly expensive, weird Hoover that is always in everyone else's house and in your school and whatever, but never in your own house. No, exactly. Um, and Henry, a strong British ba- brand, not not tax-avoiding nonsense like Dyson. Yep. You moved can trust his a Henry. to where? Yeah. It's Singapore, wasn't it? He moved all of his business to. Right, yeah. After Mr. supporting Dyson. Brexit. Yeah. Idiot. <laughs> Um, so you might think that this is all completely unrelated political nonsense to begin this episode, but actually, the movie we watched is is a political movie of sorts, isn't it? It's a pol- knockabout politics comedy, lol. So yeah, anything we say that gives us an excuse to talk about politics, not that we ever need one, but you know. Yeah, it's all thematically relevant today. Trump yeah. is gone, we watched a political movie, and... Uh, hijinks have ensued yeah next step seth rogan shows us how to seize the means of production <laughs> yeah that's what's coming up next that's the means of film next. production am i right oh seize the memes of film production because he got a producer credit and so did charlie's theron as well yeah not an executive yeah. producer credit a producer producer credit yeah which is interesting and nice um uh so long shot directed by jonathan levine who's it's not the first time we've talked about one of his movies on this podcast is that right um, i hope the name yeah. rung a bell but i couldn't tell you more of his work i guess i was then thinking of um i'm fat now adam divine which is nothing <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing to do, with, to do this. with this but um so he directed warm bodies oh, the zombie rom-com, yes the zombie rom-com 
that we um, that, that we talked about a couple of Halloweens back. And that, um, it, like this, surprisingly good, I'm going to say. Yes, yeah, I'm going to say that as well. Um, this movie got pretty decent reviews, and the people who saw it said it was pretty decent. I was still very suspicious, but it's pretty decent. I found it, yeah, to be surprisingly enjoyable. I was pleasantly surprised by it. Not that I went in necessarily with low expectations, but I was like, oh, well, it's it's about politics and stuff, good cast, but I hadn't heard anything particularly about it or anything. I knew that it was out there, but um, I hadn't rushed to see it. I just thought, yeah, why not? So, yeah, good choice by you, I think. Yeah, I chose it because it was timely, but actually it's a it's a quite a, a good little movie. Though I say little, my main criticism of this film is that it's too long. Yeah. It's over two hours long for a rom-com. What is that? No, no, like, roman- can we say that no romantic comedy ever needs to go over two hours? What possible yeah. reason could a romantic comedy have for going over two hours, apart I- from it being a particularly deep Nora Ephron type film? Yeah, I think a romantic movie can go over two hours you know that's fine romance can be epic and and or sorrowful or nuanced and it might need that runtime but a rom-com this is a movie where a man jizzes on his own face it doesn't need to be two hours long <laughs> yeah that could have been the first thing to go really couldn't it <laughs> yeah yeah um not so, in like a prudish way not that i'm anti-horn because yeah we we can have a horn section in this film we I can, think it's it's can. fine to show sex and wanking and whatever, but it is just gratuitous, isn't it, in this film? Yeah, it I think showing him wanking off was a little bit too far, and I think the the that scene could have worked without showing his jism landing in his beard. Yeah. Which I'm not exaggerating, that's what this movie does, listeners, if you haven't seen it. Um or it could have been something else entirely that would have also been scandalous. So maybe seeing him taking drugs. Um I thought it was or, gonna be him smoking weed naked or yeah, something and you just got to yeah. see like his ass. Or maybe him like smoking a joint out of his ass. That would have been or, funny. <laughs> or them having sex or something like that. Um would have would have worked fine in that scene and it could have been him jerking off but i think maybe seeing the jizz is maybe a little bit too far um yeah so so should we do a, a little roundup of what this movie is about before we yes crack on it's, it's worth just summarizing isn't it so seth rogan is seth rogan but in this movie seth rogan is a angry journalist man um but still he's seth rogan Seth Rogen, Seth Rogen is, is in this movie as Seth Rogen playing Seth Rogen being yeah. Seth Rogen. Right? Yeah. Um, exa- it's Rogen's exactly. all the way down. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that because he is funny. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so he's a journalist. He quits his job because his his uh, paper's being taken over by a horrible right-wing media conglomerate, um, which is a real thing that happens all the time and it's very awful. Um, I've forgotten the name of the company, but there is this particularly nasty right-wing Wembley company. Media. So yes, yeah, it's called Which, Wembley Media. Yeah. Not not um, a good idea for British audiences. <laughs> Wembley. That Wembley is a, a football institution. Football. football. Um, um, but yeah, in real life, there is this terrifying right-wing media conglomerate that's buying up local papers and local TV stations and basically turning them into little mini... Uh, Fox News is and it's a real problem and I think it's part of the reason why the discourse in America has become so volatile um, over the last five or six years is because this has been happening um, so that's a story taken right out of 
the real world. And there, there's little pockets like that here and there that appear in Longshot, which are very, very much of the time. And that's one of them. So, so he quits his job. He's basically pushed out of the door of his job. Um, but then he gets a job writing for uh, Charlie Theron's um, character, Charlotte Field, who is the Secretary of State and is going to run for president. Um, and she needs a scriptwriter. They knew each other as kids. She babysat him. He had a crush on her. Insert um, dick joke here. Dick joke, because of course there is. This is a Seth Rogen movie. There's got to be a dick joke. Um, so it lasted a good 20 minutes at least before you had a dick joke. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I think those first 20 minutes... A visual dick joke at least. I can't are, remember if there was any dick chat preceding it. There probably there, was. There but. might have been. But I, I think those early moments work incredibly well though. Um, but yeah, so that, that's the general gist of it is then they go off on a little political campaign. She's got this world saving climate campaign to launch um but then they fall in love but can they be together when they're so different um uh but but the, but the early sections of the movie are very strong aren't they because you've got yeah the, the movie opens with seth rogan going undercover with a bunch of neo-nazis <laughs> and genuinely very very funny scenes there where it really taps into what makes nazis so pathetic but also makes them so scary um, where everything they're saying is absolutely pathetic, but you can see the sort of violence in them. Um, <laughs> then they start giving him a swastika tattoo before someone clocks that he's a journalist and he has to jump out of a window to escape. And, and that he's a Jew. And that he's a Jew. Um, and it's 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 really funny and really well handled, I think. Um, yeah. That, that, that first scene is very, very good. And he would have been seriously injured jumping out of that window and landing on that car. But you don't begrudge him it, do you? No. No. Um and it's yeah, it's it's great. It's really well done. Um but yeah, so but 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 I think generally the 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 plot of this movie works quite well and I wasn't expecting it to work as well as it did. No, and I think I think part of the reason that it works is that they do have chemistry, which you you wouldn't necessarily think, but that's that's kind of the point. They seem like um an odd couple, but it works because they're they're good at bouncing off each other. But the main thing is that this film invests enough time in their relationship and in their characterization, which you rarely get in a rom-com, especially something like this, where the the goofy concept is expected to be enough to carry the film on its own. And even though it's too long, a fair amount of that runtime is dedicated to their relationship and their characters, which is part of the reason why it works. Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, I think, I think particularly, I mean, we all like Seth Rogen. Well, I don't know. Do you like Seth Rogen? I say yes, I do. I think yeah. I, I joke about how he's Seth Rogen playing Seth Rogen being Seth Rogen uh, because in a lot of stuff he is the same, but it's not everything. Like there's some stuff he's in where he's really, really interesting uh, and he has done serious roles. Like in, um, did you see the Steve Jobs film? Uh, no, I didn't. He played Steve Wozniak in that and he was very good in that. Some of them, Michael Fassbender as Steve Jobs. Not the, actually, not the Steve Jobs movie with Ashton Kutcher, which came out at the same time. No, which was called Jobs. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just called Jobs, wasn't it? <laughs> not the Jobs Man or whatever. <laughs> the Steve. Um, yeah, no, Steve Jobs starring Michael Fassbender. Again, surprisingly good film. I was, I was pleasantly surprised by it. Not perfect by by any means, but really, really well put together. And Rogan was surprisingly good in that, in a, a relatively serious role. So there are some things where I think he's um he's good and he's in 
the disaster artist as well. Yeah, yeah. Does a very very good performance. He voices Pumbaa in the live action Lion King, but we won't hold that against him. <laughs> um, did you hear of this one that came out last year? An American pickle. I really wanted to see that because I saw the trailer and immediately loved it. I think it looks um, amazing. And Simon yeah. Rich, who wrote it, um, is one of my favourite ever writers. Um, have you ever read any of his stuff? I haven't, no. He's absolutely brilliant. Really, really hilarious guy. Um, he's written a lot of novels and a lot of short stories, all of which are really, really funny. And they've been variously adapted into TV um, and stuff with, with varying success, I'd say. Um but overall, I really, really like his work, and I'm sure that this is really, really good. And I think the reviews were good as well, so it's something that I've been interested to check out for a while. It looked very interesting. I did want to watch it, um, but yeah, I didn't get around to it. Um, and yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat with Seth Rogen. I, I, I enjoy him when he's stupid stoned man, um, but I yeah. also like Like again, Knocked Up. Surprisingly yes, yeah, good. Knock, Knocked Up is a good movie, and he's perfect for that role in it. Um, but I think the real star of this film is uh, Charlie Theron, um, who yep. manages to have a well. I mean, she's fantastic in everything. Uh, I think one of the best um, female actors going, um, and maybe doesn't get enough credit. I know that she's had decent credit for things like Monster, uh, Mad Max Fury Road, but I think she's genuinely fantastic. And in a movie where you wouldn't expect there to be powerful performances, I think she really nails it here, where it's basically everything that you wanted out of Julia Roberts's performance in Notting Hill um, is given by Charlie Theron here, where she's, she has, she's able to showcase that that professional slick demeanor that very two-dimensional thing that you'd expect from a politician um but underneath you can always see that bubbling personality and and that three-dimensional person underneath so you've got all of these scenes and even the early scenes where she's with seth rogan where she's being professional even when the cameras are off um but you see that slip and you see that there is this passion behind her and this interest behind her that really helps drive this film. Because if you didn't buy into the fact that she's going to be an amazing leader and that she's earnest about what she wants to do, you would not be driven or compelled to see them succeed. And that's really that this movie isn't just controlled by the will they won't they it's almost a side plot to wanting her to succeed to become prime minister uh to become president yeah 100 percent. and you you know it's gonna happen and it does happen at the end and it is funny but they, they do it in a really really nice way but yeah you believe that she cares about stuff is the, is the main thing with that and that actually they use that really well as part of their relationship and their chemistry as well there are moments where he questions her and he's actually really out of line and insubordinate to her and she in reality if that was the case she'd probably have just fired him but like she listens to him and sort of lets him dig into her a little bit with the criticism of what she's doing and the things in her speeches and whatever and that side of it works well and is believable and does give the film some depth and doesn't make it just feel like a kind of goofy parody of politics it feels like some of that stuff is actually believable yeah yeah exactly um and this movie's maybe not cynical enough for my liking it does it does kind of fall into the we've all got to work together at the end um when uh, the guy who plays ice cube is uh, comes <laughs> out as a republican um yeah. he was ice cube wasn't he in, in straight out of compton 
I um, think so. O- O'Shea Jackson I haven't seen Jr. It. He's yeah, he's really great. I really I really like him as an I've actor. I've been meaning to watch that for ages. Um, and um and uh, he yes, he's he was my fa- my favorite thing with him in though is Ingrid Goes West, which is a movie we should talk about at some point on this podcast. It's a really fun film about this uh person who stalks a a um social media influencer and basically hmm. moves in nearby and tries to become her friend um and it's a really great film about perception versus reality and social media basically it's, oh, it's this really, really good. interesting i hadn't um, heard of this yeah so it's got aubrey plaza in it and elizabeth olsen and aubrey plaza is oh. the stalker and elizabeth olsen is the social media star um and then o'shea jackson jr is kind of like the um the love interest in it um it's, it's a really great film so yeah we should watch that at some point um it's, it's it's a really interesting movie um but yeah he's very funny in this but at the end of the movie he's like i believe in god and i'm a republican but we're friends yeah um <laughs> i've been wearing this cross for how long <laughs> yeah and it's done in a very funny way but it's still kind of like yeah it that this this doesn't yeah, right, it, he says, my love for the gop and the god <laughs> <laughs> yeah which is great it's really well it's really well delivered um but, but this movie came out in 2019 and it's already aged incredibly because you would not look at a member of the Republican Party now and think that's someone who I want to be friends with and that yeah. who I trust around my children, you know, because these are the same people. Because I think, is it 80% of registered Republicans still support Donald Trump? Something like that. Yeah. It's something like that where these people would still vote for him in a heartbeat, even though he has tried and comically failed to overthrow democracy um yeah you know it's very very funny because he's so useless let let that be his legacy is uh, donald trump's legacy is thank fuck he wasn't smart enough to do everything that he wanted to do because he failed at basically every hurdle that, that uh, and, and every opportunity that he had he basically failed at to destroy america um, and it's yeah. hilarious. Thank fuck he was too busy literally spending his entire day tweeting bullshit instead of doing president <laughs> stuff. Yeah, he spent 50% of the time on Twitter, 49% of the time golfing, 1% of the time trying to ruin trans people's lives. That's what Donald that's what took up Donald Trump's waking hours. And thankfully he failed at almost everything. The only thing that he managed to do was obviously put someone on the Supreme Court. But that was kind of out of the hands of anyone to stop but him anyway. That was only because someone died. And that was only <laughs> that was only because somebody died. That's the only thing he was able to achieve um, in his time in office, which is great. But it's terrifying that if someone had been slightly smarter than a sea slug, they could have done irreparable damage to the country. Yeah. And the Republicans would have been fine with it and they would have enabled it. Because yeah, they would they have do. been fine because that's what they want. They want to get a load of money for their mates in business, get themselves a load of money, destroy the rights and the lives of vulnerable people. And that's all they care about. That's all they care about. Um, and that hasn't changed just because Trump's out of office. And I think this movie is maybe a little bit naive in that way. And maybe that's what people might have thought back in 2019 when it came out or back in 2017, 2018 when it was being made. But the world has changed an awful lot in the year and a bit since this movie came out. Yeah, it it doesn't really deal with all the kind of fake news and disinformation and all that stuff. I mean, the the news magnet guy Parker Wembley is a, he's a sort of um, Roger Ailes type, isn't he? The the Fox News sex offender guy. 
Um, yeah, he's 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 visually is is based off Steve Bannon, quite obviously. Yeah. Um, but but as a political figure, yeah, he's very much um like that, like Rupert Murdoch, just this real nasty piece of work. Holy shit! It was um, Andy Circus. I genuinely was, didn't recognise him. Andy Circus in makeup. Andy Circus <laughs> is never allowed to look like Andy Circus in any movie, which I think is really sad. Um, the only thing I think I've seen in him where he's been himself is the movie they made about um what was it called sex and drugs and rock and roll oh yeah um where he played ian jury um and he was dressed as himself in that and didn't have to put on makeup or be behind a green screen i think it's a shame that we don't get to see more of andy circus just being himself yeah in black panther it was sort of almost like you could see his face <laughs> it, was al- it was almost him in black panther wasn't it yeah it's very nearly you could kind of recognize that it was him in that couldn't you um but um but yeah he's great but again it's a very sort of on the nose um element and i think those very clear modern day political parallels are going to age quite poorly because the political climate is moving so quickly all the time you know if this movie was made now you'd probably talk about things like QAnon. Um, all of that element, disinformation, fake news, people yeah. wearing stupid bearskin uh, caps and trying to to overthrow the government, that kind of stuff would all be in it. Um, but where it really succeeds is in its general political ideas about, you know, uh, Charlotte Field has to be perfect. She can't be too emotional, otherwise she'll be hysterical. She can't be too loud, otherwise she'll be seen as bossy. And it talks a lot about the... And it, it talks quite bluntly about the, the 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 challenges seen by people other than old white men in politics, which is refreshing to see in a movie. Yeah, definitely. And what what I thought was really good was that it did that, and it got that sort of political point across, or that point those points about the political landscape. It made points about the political landscape and the media landscape without that being the centre of the film and without getting too bogged down in it or distracted by it. It was just kind of there. And it worked, and it also aided the romance as well. So I think it got the balance between those two things right, and that was the reason why it it works worked. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Is it uses that as the backdrop, and it uses that political world as the black backdrop, and it's got just that right level of realism where everyone in the no one's surprised when people say that black people have it harder or that women have it harder in politics. It's just taken as a statement of fact um in this movie that that that, that's that's one of the horrible poisons of politics um and and i think that's really interesting you know you've got this useless television star who's president who's planning to go back into movies and then become a businessman and make loads of capital off um off awful anti-climate change business deals um it's got um president bob from better call paul (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a breaking, breaking, breaking bad president. Yeah, um, I never saw Breaking Bad. Did you? I watched a a bit of it, but by the time I'd started watching it, there was already so much to watch that I never got round to to going more, going through it more. Um, uh, it's one of those things that's on my list. It's like, oh yeah, I really should watch that, but I don't think I'm ever actually going to. What I saw of it was very good. Do you remember the, when that came out? That was kind of everyone was talking about it. Was that kind of the first time that everyone was talking about a Netflix show and being like, oh, you have to watch this. 
because that's my memory of it anyway. yeah i i think that was the first time that that a netflix show really hit the sort of mainstream conversation in that way and things are so much more fragmented now aren't they so many more different platforms and streaming things and tv shows and tiktoks and whatever i think that was the kind of real a real watershed moment wasn't it of kind of binge culture and stuff i don't know yeah and, and and i think you do get the occasional show that really manages to to have a zeitgeist moment like that um recent examples i guess tiger king was a real recent example yeah chess queen every everybody everybody watched tiger king um, i didn't did you not no, I didn't watch fucking Tiger King. Why not? It was amazing. You can't understand what that idiot's saying, and I also have a child. <laughs> so? If you can't understand what the idiot's saying, the kid's not going to pick up all of his foul language and the terrible things he's saying. That's true. And you know what? Eric fucking loves tigers at the moment. <laughs> They're well literally then. his favourite thing. I think I've got no excuse. I've backed well myself then. into a corner. You have. Put on Tiger King, and, and Eric can look at the lovely tigers, and you can enjoy... A incredibly strange and awful human being literally we spend half the day like pretending to like give tea to the toy tiger because he likes the tiger who came to tea <laughs> that's amazing he's um, the tiger king of this house this house he, certainly. he is the tiger king the tiger prince um they kept saying that trump <laughs> was going to pardon joe exotic but he didn't yeah that's kind it's... of the most hilarious like outgoing trump move is to not pardon the nutbag from Tiger King. Well, the thing is that why would he pardon someone if he's not going to get anything out of it? All of Trump's pardons were people that either have dirt on him or that he might be able to exploit at a later date. Yeah. I don't think he has any affiliation with Joe Exotic at all. So why on earth would he pardon him? He's got nothing to gain from doing that. Um, I hope that he... I have two things that I hope for Donald Trump. One is that he dies. I, <laughs> I hope he dies. Um, soon. Soon, very soon. Um, and also, I kind of hope that he wants to keep the political grift going because he's going to get loads of donations from people like QAnon, from all of the MAGA hat wearers. Okay. Um, but the Republican Party is going to be slightly scared of running him again because guess what? Ever since Donald Trump became president, they lost the House, they lost the Senate, they lost the presidency. It has not gone well for them with the general public. So I can see them resisting Ronald, uh, running Donald Trump again in 2024. Ronald um, Grump. Ronald Grump. Um, I haven't I could, seen it. However, I could see Donald Trump realising that he can get a fuckload of money out of donations to run an independent campaign in 2024 thereby yeah. splitting the racist vote which would be incredible if he's still alive and not in prison he's gonna do it for sure he, he his like outgoing speech was all like this is not the end we'll be back i'm like who are you arnold fucking schwarzenegger like <laughs> <laughs> and i mean the, the the issue is that he's a perennial loser and liar so when he says that, he may well think, I'm too lazy for this. I'm going to go golf until I die, um, which he might do. However, if he does become so greedy that he thinks, hmm, I can rustle up a load of money from these saps who've given me so much money already. Remember that people donated yeah. to pay for that Mexico wall. 
that's how devoted people are to yeah. him. And they um, call other people cucks. <laughs> yeah, they have been cucked by the tiny-handed monster so incredibly. Um <laughs> That I can really see him doing an independent run because he'll be able to cash in on that so much. And he clearly loves campaigning. He clearly loves going on these big, big runs where he delivers terrible rambling speeches and idiots love them for some reason. Yeah. Um, but you spend most of your day eating KFC on a plane. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going to he's gonna love it. He gets to turn up, speak for about 15 minutes, do a stupid dance, get back to eating KFC um, whilst people shout racial slurs and he can just be like oh i don't have any control over that um so i could see him doing that so it's really down to the republican party as to whether they want to distance themselves from this perennial loser or they want to try and strap into it because they know that if he runs in an independent their days are numbered in the next presidential election yeah i think most of them are so cynical that they would run him again for that reason but who yeah, knows what's going to happen I agree, but it's it's whether they believe the optics of doing that will be a further nail in their coffin after their spectacular loss this time. Because remember, they lost to basically Eddie from Iron Maiden this time round. That's who <laughs> Joe Biden like is. Eddie. They 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 wheel, they wheel out <laughs> Joe Biden, the life size Eddie action figure who stands for nothing. <laughs> he's, and he's like managed run to the hills. <laughs> vote for uncle joe um and 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 he's wiped the floor with him joe biden is one of the least (laughs) exciting political candidates of my life and he just decimated donald trump in the election i hate to be ageist but he is an old man like that is that is a fact (laughs) That that is a that is a scientific fact he is an old man um but yeah so so that's that's what's going to be interesting is over the next four years donald trump is going to have to think can i cash in on this go for it again keep making money off these saps or is it going to be easier for me as i get more lethargic as i get older as the syphilis slowly rots what remains of my brain to just give in and relax and that's what's going to be the interesting thing from the republican party's perspective over the next four years but it's a question also of his health, of whether his a lot of people believe he has dementia, and I think that could be true, like kind of slow dementia that's eating his brain. Whether like in three, four years' time, when it's time to start campaigning again, whether he'll even be able to stand up there and deliver a bullshit speech. Well, I, I don't think alive. we can. I I don't think we can we can pass medical judgments like that, and I think a lot of the people that have been saying that have been doing so um, without a lot of care um but i will say one thing he's a fucking old man and he's a millionaire and being a millionaire rots your brain more than any amount of drugs and alcohol that's true (laughs) he is he is he is genuinely a very bizarre human being um he is also an old man and he's also an old man don't forget that um so whether or not it's dementia he is uh you know in my professional opinion fucking mental (laughs) He is in my in my professional opinion, he's an old man. <laughs> in my professional opinion, he's a doddery old fuck. Um and so yeah. I uh, seriously think he's gonna die soon. He is not well. I well do you think Melania's gonna divorce him? That's the yes, other thing. I do. Although she made a little speech as well. Did you see that? Did she also steal did she also steal that speech from Michelle Obama? 
uh, well, it was just a thank you, I love this country, thank you, bye, basically. There were <laughs> okay, not many okay, words thanks, in it. bye. Yeah, pretty much. Um, okay, yeah. I mean, uh, from her perspective as well, I suppose it's, does she, does the amount of money and the long-term grift that she gets sticking with Donald Trump outweigh the fact that she clearly hates him so very much? I don't know. You know I wouldn't yeah. want to have to make that kind of decision. You know, she because she gets a lot of fame and a lot of support from all of these weirdos in red hats at the moment. Um, she could she could go down the Gwyneth Paltrow route and and release a strange pseudo scientific yeah uh, lifestyle brand, <laughs> but for but for strange right wingers in America. <laughs> yeah, right right wing women's website Moop. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, uh, Goop because it's G O P but with an extra O. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah. yeah. Um, Holy shit, is that like a veiled thing from Gwyneth Paltrow trying to tell us she's a Republican? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but, but Grand yeah. old old party. But yeah, maybe maybe that's what um, maybe that's what Melania will do next. Um, but obviously, a lot of that that financial clout and and fame clout comes from the fact that she's tied to Orange Jab of the Hut. Um, so the question remains: Will she divorce him because she hates him so very much, and it's her chance to get out? Or will she stick with it and keep that level of infamy? And she that, could that get means... enough money from the divorce to do something worthwhile. Well, he's got I reckon, no money. I reckon she should do it. He's got no money, and I assume that they probably had a prenup in place. Yeah, but he's got assets. Aren't they going to like? Isn't he going to be like bankrupt? They're going to strip all his assets anyway. They'll give her like three or four of the Trump towers, and then she can do something with them. Oh, I that's suppose. how a divorce works, isn't it? Yeah, every, you just divide up your towers. Yeah, you will have. <laughs> if Grimes and Elon Musk ever get divorced, she's going to get all the freaky towers with all the like <laughs> the knobs and the pipes on that look like the Pompidou Center. He's going to get all the scary looking ones with no windows. She she gets all the underground tunnels. He gets Mars. That's how it's going to work. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so uh, that's anyway, a lyric right. from her latest song, by the way. Uh, <laughs> anyway, right. Um. Uh, long shot yeah you talked uh, about optics and i thought that was funny because in this film the like other advisor woman who's very funny as well she she's always talking about the optics and i thought that was quite a funny little thing about how political advisors talk about stuff yeah it's it's clearly very it's clearly very sensible in the way that it's approached the cram- the sort of campaign element of it and it feels very grounded in that way and i think that's part of the reason why it works so well is that it allows having all of that very strong structural framework to this film then allows its two leads to really shine but like you said the supporting cast is great so um so june diane Raphael is is maggie um, she's great she's she's great in this he's really really funny um then you've got ravi patel who's the the other aide yeah um but but also like you know s- smaller members of the cast as well you know you've got alexander skarsgård as the canadian prime minister yeah with a the brother with an awful of fucko the clown from from it <laughs> yeah yeah um clown brother as, and as i texted you earlier the skarsgårds are going to be playing every stephen king villain because um alexander skarsgård's going to be playing randall flag in uh in the stand tv series yeah um so uh yeah so so bring it on he's great he's got an awful laugh which is really funny very funny um but then you also got randall park as well i love as, randall park he's and great he's, he's brilliant he's only in it for about a minute 
Yeah, oh, nowhere near no. enough screen time. But he's always doing... No. He has got, I think, the best sort of grimace of any actor working today, wouldn't you say? The yeah, like sort yeah, of grimace agree. face that he does when he's trying to tell Seth Rogen that they've been bought out and for him not to go and do anything stupid is just priceless. It's yeah, it's it's wonderful. He's really great in this, and he just he just yeah is is perfect in that brief moment of screen time that he's given. Yeah. Um, I have to say as well that that is the scene in which I think the first dick joke happens. So it is way before the boner <laughs> moment. I know because I wrote it down because they're talking about trying to, how they make money on the site, and he's like, "Let's run penis enlargement ads too." Nobody likes their dick. Oh yes, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, which no, sets the tone for the incoming dick jokes. It it does because this movie is crude in a lot of ways. Um, sometimes it works very well. I think the scene where um, they've gone out clubbing, she's popped a molly, which is then, American for MDMA, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, and um, check us out with our knowledge of illegal drugs. <laughs> I know about drugs because are... <laughs> that drug was very popular in the year that I ran a night at a local club <laughs> twelve years ago. <laughs> Bloody hell! It was twelve years ago, wasn't it? Jesus. Yeah. Your your twelve club to eleven years ago. Your yeah. your club nights were great. I used to really love love those lo-fi hi-fi. Yeah. Well, was it? It wasn't just wonderful. me. I inherited an already established night and ran it with a bunch of great DJs. But yeah. yeah. But it was yeah. It was awesome. It was. One but of, I spent one so much time nights. flyering. Imagine flyering. Oh man, flyering. Do you reckon people still flyer at unis? Yeah, they must do. It's it was such a quintessential part of our uni experience is is helping your mates flyer or when you're running an event flyering it. Yeah. Sticking them to lampposts all around the campus and the town. And standing in a really annoying place outside the main <laughs> main entrance to like the, 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 the what was the uni bar called? The pub? The Ram? The Ram, yeah. yeah. We used to just stand outside there and just flyer people and they had to walk around you to get in. Yeah. It was always fun. <laughs> That's great, but it got people through the door. Just it say. did, it did, yeah. It was always full, and I'm actually really proud of that. It was awesome, it was awesome. Um, <laughs> just just, just we, as an aside. How did we get onto flyering? Um, I genuinely cannot remember. Um, oh yeah, Molly. Um, Molly, oh yeah, so, yeah load, everyone was taking MDMA that year. Yeah. Everyone, um, <laughs> the club nights that everyone was off their tits on it. <laughs> Yeah. without exception without exception apart from you not me of course no no you you're a professional at all times yeah yeah um but um but yeah it's uh it, it's a really funny scene in this where they've gone out clubbing she's popped a molly and then there's a matter of national security which is there's a hostage situation yeah. that she then has to go and and have those discussions whilst high off her tits um is really hilarious. And I think Charlie's Theron's not often seen as a comedic um actor, but she's really great in this in a in a comedic focus. You know, often you think of her in things like Monster. Um like I said, you think of Mad Max, um you think of um Tully I've heard is very very good. Yeah, um, I've not seen I've that. Not seen it. Um but um, you know, you think of her in in and and Tully's sort of like a comedy drama, isn't it? It's it's um, it sort of blurs that line between the two. But you don't necessarily think of her in an outright comedic fashion. But here, she absolutely nails it. And I don't think anyone else could have done a better job. No, um, definitely not. I can't think who else it could have been. There are any number of people it could have been, but I think she's perfect in this. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And you believe her when she's when she's goofing around in the club as well, which is great. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it works incredibly well. Um, did you see um, Bombshell at all? We did. Yeah, yeah. Did you? Um, no, but I've heard it's it's really good. It's it's really surprisingly good. Yeah, it's really worth watching. It's really really serious, but it's just light hearted enough. But it really packs an emotional punch as well, and she's brilliant in that as well as the central figure of um, Megan Kelly. And it's pretty much it's very very true to the facts as well of what happened at Fox News with Roger Ailes, who's played brilliantly by John Lithgow, who really embraces being the scumbag character. So yeah, it, it's really well worth seeing actually. Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah, I'll have to, um, I'll have to check it out. I've really wanted to watch it, but haven't got around to it, but yeah, she's, it doesn't have boys to men in it, unfortunately. <laughs> no. Um, Motown Philly's back again. I had already had that song in my head for about a month because funnily enough, I guested on a recent episode of Jabronis Only. I the, know you did. Um, I've listened to it. It's have you listened good. to it? Yeah. The, um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Random episode generator podcast that, you know, full disclosure, is run by my dad. Um, so yeah, his co-host Tom, who is brilliant, he's just had a baby, so he's taking a bit of a break. So um, I guested on that episode, and my dad actually wants to get both of us on to the next one. Ooh, so I'm going to let yes. talk to you about that at some yes. point um, as a duo. But yeah, I, I guested on that, and the episode that we talked about that was picked at random was um, the gang gets quarantined. And the whole storyline is that they're preparing to go to like an acapella competition to open for Boys to Men, and that's the song that they're singing in the beginning of the episode. So when that when Boys to Men came on, I was like, "Yes, come on, love it!" <laughs> it is brilliant, and and weirdly enough, um, we've been rewatching Philly again because we we watch Philly like every couple of months. <laughs> it is on <laughs> constant rotation in our house, Good. Um, and uh, and yeah, funnily enough, we just reached that episode. Um, there's something very sad, by the way, about Philly on Netflix, which is, have you seen the episodes where they make their Lethal Weapon sequels? Uh, Yes, not for a while. You will not be seeing them I again for some time because they have been taken off Netflix. What? Um, because uh, one of the characters dons blackface, uh, Netflix ah, okay. has decided to right. take them off. And it's it's a it's a difficult one because... Obviously, they don't want to have stuff like that on their platform. But at the same time, the whole reason that that Always Sunny in Philadelphia is doing it is to make a point about how blackface is awful. Yeah, the, in the con- if you know anything at all about that show, that's got to be taken in context, right? Yeah, and it's even discussed very heavily in the episodes where it happens. Um, and so it's a bit of a strange decision where it seems as though it's almost kind of like a knee-jerk thing where they're just like, right, get rid of it. Um, whereas, in fact, leaving it up there, I think, would have been a better anti-racism message because the whole thing is an anti-racist, you know, the, the discussion is incredibly anti-racist. Yeah. Um, and the whole show has a history of, you know, doing lots of episodes that satirize racism on so many different levels and in so yeah, many different it, ways. It, exactly, exactly. So it's a bit of an odd one. And I don't know who would have complained to get rid of it um, because anyone who knows anything about the show knows that it's done entirely to lampoon racists. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, so so we re-reached where that episode would have been and we were like, did we skip an episode? And it turns out, yeah, they took them off um, uh, uh, last year sometime. Uh-huh. That's um, annoying. Which is, which is sad, which is sad. Um, but, you know, boys to men. 
But Boys to Men is still on there. The episode where 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 Frank shaves himself, covers himself in hand sanitizer, um, which it's must really have been one disgusting. of the most used gifts at the beginning of the pandemic. I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But Boys to Men appear in long shot as themselves, and they're great. When um, oh, yeah, Seth Rogen falls over, one of them says, "Cracker down, <laughs> cracker down." Um, and and there's loads of really great sort of one-liner moments in this movie so you'd already you know said cracker down uh g-a-p and g-o-d um <laughs> is is really great um also um you dressed me like cap and crunch's grinder date it's yep. wonderful um, when he's in the traditional swedish suit that is yeah. that's a great moment um it's a it's, it's really good uh and and uh he says i want 69 fidel castro you thought his beard was big um it's is wonderful um and uh i think my favorite line in the entire movie though is from charlie's theron where she says um i've never been so scared in my entire life and i was in an elevator with saddam hussein alone yeah just me and saddam <laughs> just me and saddam is so good um <laughs> what also really made me chuckle but was totally unintentional was that the bit when um they go to the fancy party in Argentina and all the other world leaders are there and she's dancing with the Prime Minister of Canada to the string music. It sounded just like the theme tune from Faulty Towers. <laughs> oh, really? So I insert that here it in, is, the, in the audio. That, that, that music is used in another film, I think the Mask of Zorro movie with Antonio Banderas. Oh, right. I think, and, and, and yeah, so I was thinking just like, oh man, imagine Antonio Banderas in this film. That would have been great. He could have been someone. Maybe instead of um, Alexander Skarsgård's Canadian president, it was Antonio Banderas as, as Mexicans, Mexico's president or something like that. That would have been good. That would have been awesome. Um, he could do a bad laugh well. <laughs> he definitely did. Um, yeah, so it's, um, yeah, so there's some really great moments in this movie. It genuinely made me laugh out loud at times, which I was not necessarily expecting. I know this is the kind of film where they want you to laugh out loud but often i find them a little bit not funny in that way but it for me yeah. it, it kind of hit the same notes as forgetting sarah marshall where it had that interesting contextual discussion so so forgetting sarah marshall is all about coming to terms with a breakup and that's kind of what the what the driving force is of that movie and i think it handles it in a very sweet way um and here it's got all of those little political elements that are handled in a very it doesn't treat the audience like idiots um but also, i thought forgetting sarah marshall was about a, a musical genius who creates a vampire puppet musical and the <laughs> well, story of yes. how it comes to life of course that is the main driver and uh, you know um they can now make why why have they not made a muppet dracula you know yeah. they've got the count right there from sesame street yeah he loves to count get get on it guys Do you know what his full name is uh no what is it it's Count von Count. Is it? Yeah. These are the kind of things you know when you have a, a child. <laughs> Who's your favourite Count? Um, Count Ducula. Oh, that's a good one. You don't think of Count Ducula so much, do you? But no. he's there. Yeah, Count Ducula's great. Originated in Danger Mouse, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and uh, and then uh, and then obviously had his own spin-off. Count Ducula's great. Count Dooku. Oh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> Gotta love a bit of Count Dooku. <laughs> Christopher Lee's most iconic role. <laughs> exactly. That's it's funny, actually. I've never thought of it that way, but obviously he played Dracula. 
Um, yeah, he did. And then went on to play an even better Count. Yeah. <laughs> Count Dooku. By all accounts, a great actor. What about Count Chocula? Now, what uh, is Count Chocula? So if it's a cereal. As as you are an aficionado of American foods, so I was wondering if you'd ever had it. Because I've I was going to say, the name rings a bell. But no, this week, I've spent the whole of the last week searching for somewhere I can buy Cheeto footballs, which turns out are a Spanish thing. Oh, really? And I found them. Yeah. Oh. Count Chocula. Oh, my God. This is the creepiest cereal box I've ever seen. <laughs> I have never eaten that. Nope. Don't like that at all. That is awful. Oh, dear. Oh, that man. is going to haunt my dreams tonight. <laughs> I'm glad I he's got a long face. He's, you know who you know who he looks like. Lawrence Fox slash Fido Dido. He's oh. got that triangle foot chin. Oh, he, he looks like if uh, Lawrence Fox and Jacob Rees Mogg were put through a steamroller together. Oh my god, he does. <laughs> oh my god, you got yeah, awful alt right cereal, Count Chocula. Dear, dearie me, dearie me. Yeah, very bad. Thank you for sharing that with me. <laughs> You're most welcome. Um, anyway, right, have you got anything else you want to say about Longshot? Um, there's a Guy Fieri moment. <laughs> there is a Guy Fieri moment. <laughs> when um, they're, like, trying to get her to break up with Fred and saying, we've done a bunch of polling, and, like, this is how people would feel if Princess Diana started dating Guy Fieri. <laughs> Which is funny on multiple levels, mainly because Princess Diana's dead. But yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just really really good yeah it's uh it's it's very yeah it's very funny isn't it and you know guy fieri is he that much less attractive than than um prince charles All jesus christ considered? yeah who would you rather have around <laughs> yeah who would who would you rather who would you rather go out with guy fieri or prince, prince charles Car- prince charles doesn't know how to cook ribs no exactly He's Prince never... Charles doesn't hop on a horse and go, we're rolling out. It's diners, drive-ins and dives, does it? He's never been to Flavortown, has he? You just know, no. that, you just know that Prince Charles's favourite food is dry white toast. Yeah, maybe some gravy if you're lucky. If he's feeling saucy, he sprinkles a little bit of pepper on the toast. Yeah, we're rolling out. It's polo, pubs and preposterous nonsense. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I thought that was a great insult to Guy Fieri. Yeah. I bet he loved it. I'm sure, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. Because he loves everything and everyone. Yeah, precisely. Precisely. Um, yeah, so yeah. So that was fun. And and we did have a horn section as well in this movie. Yeah, yeah. The the sex scenes in this film, I think, yeah, they, there's an opportunity for a bit of crass humour, but generally they work and do advance the plot and help the characterization. so... It's, it's good horn. Yeah, good horn. Good horn in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, so yeah, anything else you want to say before we... Uh, before uh, no, we I, don't, I don't think so. Um, it, it's good. It's well worth seeing, I'd say, actually. Um, it seemed like it, it made its money back at the box office, but didn't do that well. And, you know, it, it's not life-changing or anything. But as rom-coms go, you could do a lot worse than this, actually. And it's more interesting and more fun than your average generic rom-com, even though it still manages to hit all the same kind of notes. As the sort of they get together what's going to be the thing that brings them apart. It's the thing that makes them different, but they overcome it with a, a rousing speech and a kind of saying, hey, this is who I am. And that, that's nice, isn't it? It is. It is. It's a, it's a. It's a good movie for that kind of thing. And it's. It's heartwarming in the right way. It makes you feel positive for the future. Um, 
and um, yeah, I liked it. I did like this movie. And has fun dancing in it as and well. And there's fun good dancing. use of the sort of emotional dance together scene that a lot of rom-coms have, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, it does. It does, and it, it handles it well. Um, so I've got a little bit of trivia for you. Um, so this is one of those nice movies where the age gap in um, between the male and female leads is the other way around, the normal. So um, mm, during filming, yeah. Charlie Theron was 43 and, and Seth Rogen was 36. Um, much nicer than what you normally see, where it's some creepy 50-year-old man with a, with yeah, a 20-something female lead. Um, which is nice. Um, uh, so yeah, so that was, that was, that was nice. Um, uh, then obviously you've got a slightly different age gap though, where Seth Rogen and O'Shea Jackson Jr. were meant to be college roommates. Um, but Seth Rogen is nine years older. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he was, maybe he was a, a late student or something. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> he spent a lot of years just like bumming around smoking weed and doing Seth Rogen stuff before he went to college. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um and then there's one extra one here. I'm not sure how deliberate this is. Um but the title of the film is apparently a triple entendre. So you've got Charlotte and Fred's relationship is a long shot. Um Charlotte winning the election is a long shot. <laughs> And then finally, Fred shooting himself in his own face is literally a long shot. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate all of those. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, all right, how are we going to rate this then? Um, how how many uh, hostesses do you have to release whilst incredibly high on drugs? Oh, that's a that's that's a good question. I've, I've I've got a fair few. I'm I have sixteen hostages that I need to release. Oh, very nice, very nice. So yeah, I I was going to go with fifteen here. Um, it's really funny. It's really heartwarming, but it is two hours long for a rom com, and I did feel yeah. as though it did drag in places. But it made me chuckle. It made me laugh, and that's nice. Nothing wrong with that. No, no. So what have we got next? Well, I've I've had a few different ideas and I can't decide, so I'm going to have to give you some names and you're going to have to choose. So, um, you can either have Vinnie Jones, <laughs> okay, Rob Schneider, oh god, or Prince. Um, I thing is, I know where, I know where Rob Schneider and prince are likely to go but i have no idea where <laughs> well, prince is dead i don't think you're saying you know what happened to be on the grave but... no no but i have no idea where vinnie jones comes into this so i've got to go with vinnie jones uh good good call good call in which case we're going to be watching euro trip which is a film <laughs> i've been talking about for a long time it's euro we were going to do road trip first but there's some real intrigue to um to Euro Trip. I, I was going to say, do we need to? Because I've not seen Road Trip since I was about sixteen. Um, do I need to watch Road Trip before I? Watch no, Euro you don't. Trip? I don't think it's even a sequel. It's like a from the producers of Road Trip kind of deal. Okay, okay. And Vinnie Jones yeah. is in this, is he? He's in it. Yeah, oh, as a excellent. as a like a football hooligan guy, who I think <laughs> quite literally chases them out of the UK through the Channel Tunnel. If my oh. memory serves me correctly. <laughs> okay, I've never seen this movie, so um, I am I am very 
intrigued. I don't know if excited is the right word, um, but I am going into this with an open mind. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure I haven't seen it since I was um, since it came out in like 2004. Since I was about 16, so yeah. But I remember quite enjoying it, as I think I was the right age for it. It's what they call a sex comedy. Oh, a sex comedy, eh? Yeah, but yeah, I won't say won't say too much about it. All right, I am I am excited. Let's let's get on let's get on this train yeah. to go. And to we Europe. we've managed to dodge Rob Schneider for a little while like, now. <laughs> yeah, he's going to keep coming back at he? least at least two weeks. And I take yeah. it Prince was going to be the other Prince movie. Uh, well, I'll I'll tell you about that. I'll talk to you about that offline. Okay, possibly yes. There <laughs> sure. there's more than one other Prince movie, but <laughs> okay that we haven't talked about. All right. So yeah. Um, yeah so thank you very much for listening in we really really appreciate it and we hope you enjoyed long shot if you didn't watch it do do check it out it's good um you can find us on twitter at big boys don't pod you can get us on the email big boys don't cry podcast at gmail.com um we were aware of an issue previously with our acast supporter page where the wrong url was on a lot of our episodes and on our twitter so that's been corrected now so apologies if you look at the um, description of an old episode and you get the wrong url i'm gradually fixing them as i go and the correct one is on our twitter if you want to give us money um because we know we don't have ads and stuff so yeah give us some money towards the running costs of this i eat a lot of expensive food while i'm doing this so you know i could really use a really use some cash right now i need to start my um presidential campaign so yeah get those donations in oh yeah yeah if we're gonna if we're gonna beat donald trump in 2024 we're gonna need some money yeah yeah get on board guys come on yep give us your money all right um we will be back next week to talk about euro trip (laughs) all righty (laughs) bye-bye bye Turn down those cue cards.